While You Were Folding, Episode 55, If I Ran the Zoo, Our Decision to Homeschool. Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things in my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merciful Father, thank you so much for the gift of this time to record this episode, to enter into the Lenten season. As we jump into Ash Wednesday and this time of Lent, we are so thankful for the gift of the liturgical calendar, the opportunity to hopefully slow down, to grow closer to you to open our ears and our hearts to whatever it is you want us to either take on as a Lenten sacrifice or something that you want us to let go of, something that we have too much attachment to. Maybe it's Facebook. (laughs) Um, But we just ask that you bless this time, that you allow us to be drawn closer to you and also that we just learn about how much you love us during this time. We ask these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so let's do a quick update since the last time I recorded an episode. On the house front, if you have not been listening to the podcast, we are building a house, and now we are in the midst of making all of the exciting decisions. Last week we looked at plumbing fixtures and this week we're meeting with our builder to talk through the bidding process and hopefully everything looks like it's on budget and if we give the green light hopefully we'll be able to start construction sometime in the next couple of weeks because we have been blessed with unreal warm weather for this time of year in Nebraska. So Stay tuned. Hopefully we can start construction really soon. Um, And then Philip and I are going to get to select countertops this week. So hopefully we make the right decisions. If I get organized enough, I'll start asking you guys for feedback on all of that stuff ahead of time so that I know your ideas before we make all of these decisions. But if you have any really urgent input on countertops, maybe a material that we should definitely avoid, let us know, or uh, forever hold your peace. (laughs) I don't know. But we'd love to hear your input as we go along making all these decisions. So many things I had no idea we had to have opinions about, but it's been really fun. We've really enjoyed it. Um, Let's see. Talking about jumping into Lent really quickly, just wanted to touch on that since Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Um, I have been a longtime listener of the Abiding Together podcast. That's with Sister Miriam James Heidland, Michelle Benzinger, and um, why can't I think of the other 
who did I say? Michelle Benzinger, Sister Miriam Heidland, and Heather Kim is the other one. And they're fantastic. And they talk about having a word of the year every year. And my word of the year, I talked about it a couple episodes ago, is home. And Michelle Benzinger, she said that her word of the year was romance. And I got to thinking about that when I was sitting down praying about what I wanted to do this Lent. And the last couple of years, life has been really full as a young mom. And I'm starting to realize that Lent for me has not been a season of trying to take on a lot of new penitential practices or reading a bunch of different books or anything like that. I've done some studies and I've tried to read more scripture, but um, I brought this to my uh, spiritual director and asked him for his input and asked him to help me come up with some ideas. And his challenge to me was so beautiful that I wanted to share it on here. And I'm really excited about it. And maybe it will speak to you as well. Maybe you'll just put your own twist on it. But I took this word romance and I told my spiritual director that I'm feeling called to try to, for lack of better terms, to romance Jesus, to show him how much I love him through my day-to-day actions in the midst of my vocation. Because we believe our vocations are how we're going to make our way to heaven. And so um, I said, I not only need to learn how to romance Jesus, but also need to let him woo me. I need to let him enter into my heart and be surprised by him and to allow myself to have that attitude that you have when you're start, you have the excitement of a new relationship and the butterflies and the fireworks and not only the initial excitement, but also the mature love that is able to just sit in silence and be with Jesus. And so my spiritual director came up with this awesome idea that six out of seven days of the week, I am going to let Jesus romance me. Six out of seven days of the week, I'm going to let Jesus romance me. So what does that mean? It means I'm going to allow him to meet me in the silence of my prayer time. I'm going to allow him to wow me through the people that he's brought into my life, whether it's Philip or the kids, my extended family, my friends, a stranger at the grocery store, whoever, to allow Jesus to surprise me and to be wowed by his creation and to delight in him and all of the things that he brings to me. And then one day of the week, and my spiritual director thought it would be really cool if it was Friday. And I love that idea because during the season of Lent, typically, well, Friday is a penitential day usually for Catholics throughout the year, but especially during the Lenten season, because we, that's a day of abstaining from meat 
And on Good Friday, it's also a day of fasting. And Ash Wednesday is also a day of fasting too. But um, that Friday, my one day out of the seven, is going to be my day to romance him. That I am going to plan ahead, come up with some plan. Think of it like when you're dating someone, you're planning the date. And that's how I'm going to approach Fridays. Friday's the day where I'm going to plan a way to surprise Jesus. That I'm going to do something extra. I'm going to work on a change of heart. I'm going to come up with some way to romance him. And I told my spiritual director, okay, well, I'm really type A. How do I know that I've actually done the thing? Like, how do I know that I've really met my goal? And he said, well, just report back to me next month on what you did each week. So this is forcing me to actually write down how I let Jesus romance me that week. And then what I did on Friday of each week to romance Jesus. And that's it. That's what I'm doing this Lent. I have a study that I'm going through and I'm really excited about that. But my main focus this Lent is to let Jesus romance me and to romance him one day of the week. So stay tuned. I'm really excited about it. And I have never felt so excited about Lent before. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to know if you are planning anything in particular for the Lenten season. And if you don't have anything on your radar yet, maybe this is a challenge that would speak to you, but maybe it's something else, but I want to hear about it. You can write about it in the comments if you're listening to this, if you're watching this broadcast live, or you can uh, shoot me an email at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Um, I had some great feedback from last week's episode. That was episode 54, A Mother's Rule of Life Partner. And if you watched last week, we did a video. It was me and Philip recording, talking about marriage. And we had, I think, I think 1,200 people. I haven't looked at it in a week to see how many people viewed it. But we had tons of people tune in, and it was lots of fun. And we'll probably continue to do more of these fun videos. And as I figure it out, I'll get more interactive, I promise. Um, but we... I've been getting back to our weekly family meetings. Philip and I had our first one. And it's so great just to feel like you're on the same page and able to check in and talk through the things that were going really well and also the things that we're struggling with. And I'd love to know if you're listening live, if you've ever tried a family meeting with your spouse and what the result of that was. So if you have, comment yes in the comments. And if you have anything else to say about it, I'd love to hear about it. And if you haven't, make a commitment this week to try it at least once on Sunday night. Have a family meeting with your spouse. And I'm going to make a note here in the show notes to include the agenda again in the show notes if you'd like to download a copy of your own family meeting agenda. And you can tweak it for yourself, but that's just ours to give you an idea of what a family meeting can look like. Here we go. Kind of a big topic tonight. 
And I feel like I've been keeping this big secret and I've slowly been sharing about this with family and friends. So the title of the show is If I Ran the Zoo, Our Decision to Homeschool. Yeah, so we've made the decision we are going to start homeschooling next year in August. And first things first, we love the school that our kids go to. Our kids go to the nearby Catholic grade school. It's a phenomenal school. The teachers are fantastic and it has, it has nothing to do with the school itself. It has everything to do with the traditional school lifestyle. It's been really difficult for us to do the traditional school lifestyle. And um, I know I'm recording this live video, but I have lots of notes tonight that I want to make sure I get to and I don't want to break too much from this. So if I don't have as much eye contact tonight, I apologize. But I wrote down a lot of things and I want to make sure I really get to them. So let me go back in time a little bit. So last summer, last summer was a really big turning point for us. It was so wonderful having all of the kids at home. And I've talked before about how when you have everyone home over the course of the summer, by the end of summer, everyone has been together enough that the rough edges, you act like sandpaper with each other, that the rough edges rub off and you you work things out and you get through the character issues because you have the time to do it. And it was great having everyone home because it was easier than during the school year when I have the older ones go off to school and I just have Dorothy, the preschooler, and Gloria, the almost one-year-old, at home because they all can play together when everyone's home and the older ones have gotten to the ages now, Jane being 10, Walt is eight, that they're very helpful. And... During the summer, we also had time for everyone to help out more around the house, and we had time for connection, especially in the evenings as a family when Philip was home from work. So then school started in August, and I did an episode, I can't remember what number it was, I called it Back to School Blues, and that was where I talked about the difficulty of after-school restraint collapse. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes again. <laughs> After school restraint collapse is real. It's when your kid gives their all at school and then they come home and they fall apart. And I know I'm supposed to take that as some sort of um, acknowledgement that my kids feel safe with me. And it's really difficult to be on the receiving end of being their safe person. Um, and for those of you who are listening live, I would love to know if you could just type an emoji in the comments of what your back to school experience was like when we transitioned from summer and then also when we came back from Christmas break. If I had to choose an emoji, it would probably be the person with their hair on fire <laughs> is how it felt. But the, the traditional school routine, it just, it got to feel like we're on a hamster wheel every day and we wake up and I send the kids to school and it, it's 
it's chaos in the morning getting everyone out the door and then when they come back home I feel like I'm getting their leftovers every day and getting their leftovers especially as a stay-at-home mom I've made this choice to be at home full-time it's really difficult to feel like I'm missing out on the best parts of their day sorry I'm getting a little excited so I'm shaking the camera a little bit um and we, we've had limited time during the school year to work through character issues that come up as kids get older and different things come up. It's harder to have the time to really work through stuff instead of just getting through the routine of the day and also less time to teach important skills and connecting the way that we want to. And the kids have always asked me to homeschool. And I have always ignored the tug to homeschool. And my excuse was, oh, I'm too much of a perfectionist. I'm always going to be second guessing myself. I'm never going to feel like I'm good enough. And God has really helped me to let go of that and to be completely at peace that he's going to be in charge. My job is to show up, do my best, and to let him take care of the rest. And I know that that's of him because that is so not my personality. And I'm ready to do it imperfectly because I would much rather homeschool imperfectly than continue with the traditional school lifestyle for our family when it's working even at its best because it's been really difficult for us. I never thought I would be homeschooling. I'm a former high school Spanish teacher, okay? So traditional school, like that is my jam. I grew up playing school, grading my stuffed animals papers, spending hours in my bedroom by myself playing teacher with all my stuffed animals and dolls. And Philip was always really reluctant about homeschooling. Anytime the topic came up, he'd be like, yeah, that's, that's cool for that family, but I don't think that that's for us. And so I always thought, well, if he doesn't think that this is a good idea, then that's that's how I get off the hook because we have to be on the same page. So even if I thought I had an inkling that this was something that maybe God was calling our family to, I'd say, oh, well, Philip doesn't want us to do it. So if this is something that God wants, then God, you're going to have to change his heart. And if this is something that you want, you're going to change his heart. And as soon as Philip gets on board, then I'll homeschool. But I always thought, oh, Philip will never want to do it. So then I won't have to. I won't have to do it. Well, then Philip started talking about homeschooling this fall after the kids went back to school when we were really struggling. And so that's when I thought, okay, maybe this is the right time for us to start seriously talking about it. So <clears throat> Philip and I started seriously talking about homeschooling and what that would look like and the why behind why we would consider it. And um, the top of our list was the priority of focusing on relationships, focusing on my relationship with the kids, Philip's relationship with the kids, and the relationship between the siblings. And the former high school teacher in me, I've always had a passion for education. I already told you I spent hours in my bedroom playing school with my dolls and stuffed animals, but I am learning that I'm going to have to unlearn the traditional school model. 
for homeschooling. And I've had so much fun learning all about the homeschooling world. I think I've read about 30 books. I can go and count after this episode and learning all of the different ways that it'll work. And I'm so excited. My, My dream in life if I were filthy rich and could do anything, would be to go to school forever. I would want to be in college, taking all of the classes, learning about all of the things, reading all the books, and just auditing the classes, not getting the grades, but just getting to learn forever. That's my dream. So with homeschooling, the opportunity to learn alongside our kids makes me so excited. And I have been totally geeking out, trying to figure out, how we're going to do all the different subjects and what it's going to look like and what materials we're going to use. And being a former high school Spanish teacher, the prospect of actually getting to teach them Spanish as one of our subjects is awesome. And trying to get creative with how we're going to do it. Like with when it comes to Spanish, thinking, oh man, what if we found a Spanish-speaking family or maybe even an international student from the university and they could come over for dinner or we could go to Spanish-speaking mass or all of these different ideas are coming to mind. Um, And also thinking about how with homeschooling, you get to teach and learn toward mastery. So when it comes to a subject like math, which was always my weakest subject growing up, If you have a subject where it's building upon the content, so whatever you learned in the last lesson, if you weren't getting it right, you're going to struggle with the next chapter. I am so excited that our kids are going to be able to go at the pace where they are. They're not going to be forced to go along with whatever the class's pace is, because if they're struggling with something, We can just push pause and continue on with lesson whatever it is for as long as we need to until they feel like they get it. And for me, I'm excited to get to relearn or learn some things for the first time and to feel like we're figuring it out together. And I feel like that's a really great way for our kids to view me as their teacher, that I'm that I'm not just imparting all of this knowledge to them, because I'm not going to know some of the answers as we go along the way. And if I'm honest, when I was a high school Spanish teacher, I didn't always know the answers. And I always thought as a student that it was like awesome and super empowering and encouraging when you realize your teacher doesn't have it all figured out. So I'm excited for our kids to know that I'm figuring it out alongside them. And I think that that will be really fun. Um, If you're listening live, I want to know if you feel like you have any gaps in your own education. And if there's a subject that you wish you could relearn, what would it be? Type that subject in the comments. For me, I think it would be math because I would want to relearn it for mastery and feel like I really understood everything. The other reason that I'm excited about homeschooling is the prospect of feeling like I am an expert on my kids again, because my kids have been spending so much time at school that during the school year, sometimes I feel like their teachers become the expert on my kid. And I know I have the heart knowledge and know like what really makes them tick and that kind of thing. 
but there are things that I feel like I miss out on and I don't feel like I'm as much of an expert on them like I was when they were toddlers and they were with me for the whole day. <laughs> so I'm excited for that increased connectivity um, and also reclaiming our calendar to be able to live life on our terms and to decide day to day what it's going to look like and to finish school by the early afternoon and have that our afternoons free and our kids can learn about the things that they're excited about. Once we've finished the official school day, they can go down a rabbit trail learning about cottonwood trees or frogs or whatever the art project is that they want to do. And to finally open up our schedule for activities. If if I'm with the kids all day and we have finished the school day in the early afternoon, I am much more excited about the prospect of now we can go do an instrument lesson. Now we can go play this sport that you've always wanted to play, but we have always been running ragged, doing the homework thing, trying to get everyone fed, getting everyone down for bedtime. But now feeling like we have this margin to be able to do these things. And with a homeschooling schedule, there's flexibility to be able to sign up for some of these lessons during the traditional school day. So while other children are at school, we have the availability to maybe go take that violin lesson at 10 a.m. And while kid so-and-so is taking the instrument lesson, I can be teaching the other kids another subject. So lots of creativity, flexibility in terms of the schedule and having margin for the kids just to have their own individual interests, not something that's formally organized, but something where Jane can go sketch in her notebook whenever she wants. So I'm excited for the kids to have that kind of margin. Character formation. This one's huge. There are so many different virtues and things with character formation that I've felt like because we're just doing the hamster wheel, rinse and repeat for the school week, that it feels like until the weekend rolls around, sometimes we're not addressing these character issues and talking about patience and obedience and diligence and perseverance and service and all of these different things. So to be able to have the day-to-day -day opportunities to address the things as they come up. I'm really looking forward to that. As a Catholic, I am super excited about liturgical living when we have different saints feast days come up to get to celebrate those. And our family, this whole school year, we have been trying to get our feet wet with the homeschooling culture and we've been doing something that's called morning time. So at 7.15 every morning, we have breakfast together. And before we eat breakfast, we have a scripture verse that we memorize each month. And then Philip, as everyone starts eating, we um, he reads us the day's gospel. And then we talk about it as a family. And then on the way to school, the kids share a prayer intention with Philip and he drops them off at school. So that's been a fun way for us to connect. Morning time will be more formal when we're homeschooling and it'll be a fun way for us to kick off our day. 
I hope to get to daily mass at least once a week, and I'm really excited for that. And then also to get to have moments throughout the day when we can connect in prayer. That will be really cool. Um, I think another great thing about homeschooling is the opportunity to talk about the finer things. I don't know if any of you watch The Office. If you were a fan of The Office, write the word YES in all caps in the comment. The Office rules. Um, you might remember on The Office there was the finer things. What did they call it? The Finer Things Club with Pam Beasley. They had a book club and they talked about the finer things. So in homeschooling circles, it's really popular to talk about tea time, like poetry tea time and those things. Um, still figuring out exactly what I want it to look like. But at our house, we have after-school snacks right now. So in place of after-school snacks, we'll have this as our time to punctuate the end of the school day. So maybe, maybe we'll call it finer things time. I don't know. But I'm thinking this will be our time to have a special snack that some of the kids will help me to prepare. And it'll be a chance for us to go through the things that you might not otherwise have time for in the school day. So to do a composer study, talk about different artists and their pieces of art, do poetry, um, do a read aloud, all those awesome things. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, part of what I'm so excited about with moving out to this new house that we're building is we have a lot of land. We have 20 acres that we're going to be on. So the kids are so pumped to be able to explore and nature study is going to be a big part of our homeschool and spending time outside. I am a huge believer in the cliche phrase that there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Um, so part of our homeschool uniform is going to be to have all weather clothing, to be able to get outside every single day, get the fresh air, get the vitamin D, um, and just to get in touch with God's creation, to let him wow us with whatever we find. And we have access to a beautiful lake nearby. So super excited about that, the finer things <laughs> with homeschooling. And then the last thing that I came up with is travel. The opportunity to not be tied to a traditional school calendar that we can come up with whatever works with our schedule for being able to find times to travel and to not have our kids miss out on whatever was happening in school, have to make up all of that work. Because holy cow, even if they have a day where they're sick, man, we had Jane with mono this year and we've had a couple of days of illness. And when they get to be the ages they are now, Jane, fourth grade, Walt, third grade, it's a lot of work for them to catch up, even if they just miss one day. So the prospect of travel right now is not possible for us. So looking forward to that being an option. So like I said, I've been reading, researching a lot, all about homeschooling and trying to figure out how various families make it work because we have five young kids. The oldest is in fourth grade and then Gloria is going to be a year old, March 5th. Um, but 
if I had to pigeonhole myself, I had no idea until I started researching all of this that it's kind of like the NFP world where there are, I'm Marquette, I'm Creighton, I'm whatever. In the homeschooling world, there's I'm classical education, I'm unschooling, I'm Charlotte Mason, I'm Montessori, I'm whatever. So if I had to pigeonhole myself right now, I would say that we are going to do homeschooling um, using the Charlotte Mason philosophy of education through a Catholic lens. And if you wanted to find one book that summarizes it in that way, I would recommend Elizabeth Foss. And of course, I would need to look up the title of the book. I think it's called Real Education, but I can't remember the subtitle. Elizabeth Foss, Real Education. And I'm going to highlight that right now. So I remembered a link to it in the show notes. Um, I love this book and it absolutely wowed me. I've been a fan of Elizabeth Foss for a really long time. But this book, it marries the best of Charlotte Mason with so much of the writing of one of my favorite female saints, Edith Stein. And Edith Stein, we actually named Gloria after her. Gloria's middle name is Benedicta. And Edith Stein's saint name is Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. So anyway, I love this book. It explains how we want to approach homeschooling. So if you're curious about that, if you want to learn more about that, I recommend Elizabeth Foss's book, Real Education. Unfortunately, it's not in print anymore. I had to find a used copy on Amazon but it was so worth the effort to find it. Um, and I'll geek out and talk more about philosophy of homeschooling. If I'm losing some of you, I promise I'm not going to stay on that for a really long time. Um, but basically, if I could summarize it, Charlotte Mason believes that children are born people, that you respect the child and your role as an educator is to just lay out a banquet for them of ideas. And we are going to mostly be learning through literature, through what she calls living books. So you read all about history and science and your reading and composition and all of those disciplines come together through the act of reading. So really looking forward to that. Some of my favorite resources, and I can link to these people in the show notes if you want to learn more. Sarah McKenzie, you might recognize her name through the Read Aloud Revival, um, Pam Barnhill, and Misty Winkler. On future episodes, I'm planning on talking with other homeschooling moms about how they make their days work, what it looks like, what books we're reading, and things that we're doing. Um, in terms of our schedule, I'm really looking forward to this aspect of homeschooling. We are going to slowly ramp up this summer. We're going to keep up with our math skills, doing basic math facts, and I'm going to create a reading list for all of the kids to work on over the summer so they can choose whichever book they want to read from that list and then to do some daily writing in their journals. Um, but then we will slowly introduce all of the different subjects until we have a full school day. So we will officially launch our homeschool year in August. But until then, like I said, I want to become the expert on my kids again. 
And I am going to need a couple of months to figure out, okay, do we have any holes in math for any of our kids? And if we do, where do we need to start? Where are we with their reading ability? Where are we in all these different subjects? And then the other great thing about homeschooling is you get to do with the Charlotte Mason philosophy, so many of the subjects all together as a family. And that is awesome because then we're all learning together. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we are not planning on doing a co-op for our first year of homeschooling. A co-op, for those of you who don't know, that's just a chance for families to get together that homeschool. And usually it means that one mom teaches one subject area, another mom teaches another subject area. Kids are getting together. It's a chance to have more community life. Um, and so instead of doing a co-op, what we're planning on doing is having school Monday through Thursday, and then Friday is going to be our day to either catch up because life happened or do a field trip, or that can be our day to meet up with friends or make appointments if we need to do any appointments or just have margin for life to happen because maybe someone was sick and we just need a day. So that's the plan. And then um, we're going to do what I call a Sabbath schedule. So we will do six weeks of homeschooling and then we'll take one week off. So during that week off, we're going to use that time to reevaluate the materials that we're using to plan for the next six week session, make any changes that we need to with our materials, um, and then ramp back up. And then that week off, we can also reclaim the house, whatever <laughs> projects need to be done around the house that have been put to the bottom of the totem pole because we've been so busy with school. And just knowing that we have that margin built in gives me a lot of peace going into homeschooling because being full-time stay-at-home mom I'm going to have to let go of being on top of the housework 100% and the perfect meal plan and all of these different things. So knowing that we have this Sabbath schedule where we have six weeks of school and then reevaluate where things are on that seventh week, I think will be, it will bring a lot of peace. Um, and then in the midst of the school year, the plan is to take the month of December off to celebrate Advent and Christmas, and then take the month of June off next summer so that the kids have a little bit of a break, still keep up with the math facts and the reading and all of those things, um, but so that they still have summer to hang out with their buddies and enjoy. Dorothy with preschool, that's the wild card situation. I believe really strongly in preschool, and I think that there's such a benefit to traditional preschool. She's currently enrolled. Um, we'll find out with enrollment what is going to work out best for next year, so stay tuned on that front. Um, I'm, I'm just going to leave that to God with however that works out. If it doesn't work out, then she's going to join us at home for homeschooling and we'll figure it out. But if she's able to continue, like we're hoping to do preschool at our school, that will probably make it easier for us to make the transition to homeschooling. But 
it's out of our hands. So we're just leaving it up to God to open the doors that he wants opened and close the doors that he wants closed. So we'll, fi we'll figure it out. Um, I really need input on how we're going to keep toddler Gloria occupied. So she turns one on March 5th. So she's going to be full-fledged toddler when we're homeschooling. And I know we'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out. It's going to be on the job training for all of us. But if you're listening live and if you have any ideas for how to keep toddler Gloria busy while we're homeschooling, please write them in the comments. <laughs> I, I need all of your ideas on that front. Um, and if you're not listening live and you're just listening to this podcast, you can email me those at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Come Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, but honestly, I feel total peace about the whole thing. I really do. I trust that this is something that God is asking our family to take on and that he's going to figure out all of those details and we're just... We're going to figure it out as we go, and it's going to be messy, and it's going to be imperfect, but like I said in the beginning of this episode, I would much rather do homeschooling imperfectly than continue on with the traditional school lifestyle being the way it's been for our family. It just has not worked for us. So that's it. That is, in a nutshell, why we decided homeschooling is right for our family right now and why we're excited about it. And we love the school that our kids go to and it's not a rejection of our kids' school at all. We love the teachers. We love the families that we've met. We still plan on being super involved in our parish life. We have just decided for right now, this is what's best for our family and we appreciate all of your prayers moving forward. Um, next episode, I'm going to be continuing with my series on a mother's rule of life with the fourth P, parent. So I, I really wanted to talk about the homeschooling thing before I talked about that because homeschooling is going to be a major part for our family with how we're parenting going forward. So now that I've addressed this topic, now I feel like I can record that next one. But I really want to get in touch with all of you. I have questions. I want to know, first of all, what is the best part about the way your children are being schooled right now, no matter how you're doing it, whether it's traditional school or they're being homeschooled? And have you made any changes along the way? Have you been doing the same thing all the way through or have you changed anything? And what's something you want to be different about it? You can email me your feedback at podcast at katherineboucher.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram. If you're watching live, you can just write in the comments. Or you can send me a voicemail on Voxer. That is the free walkie-talkie app. And that is my absolute favorite. Just search for my name, Katherine Boucher. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend. Our community keeps growing and it has been so much fun to meet new listeners via email and get feedback week after week. So thank you for continuing to share the show. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you're